This week on Keystone Conversations, unity within the body, and what are some of the non-negotiable issues that we have doctrine-wise. And welcome to Keystone Conversations. My name is Randy Woodbury, an elder here at Keystone, along with my co-host, Philip Ramsey. Present. Present and account for. Nice. (laughs) And with us today, right after third service, our community and worship pastor, Mr. Todd Wallace. Greetings, everyone. Well, before we get into your main points and phenomenal points on unity today, we thought it'd be best to have a little bit of a, um, we think you missed an opportunity. Okay. We think there's an illustration today that was glaring, that was ready to go. But may I point out to you? I, I don't have a choice here. Do I, Randy? <laughs> no, you do not. Well, okay. good job thinking about what the construct is. If you're the blind super G's guide mm-hmm. and you in a moment of confusion, say left instead of right. What oh. disaster follows? Oh, uh, <laughs> is that not a purposeful, perfect, perfect illustration of discipleship? And My, do you know that guide? <laughs> do, have you been working together for years? Oh, we just met at the top of the or hill. Or just at the top of the hill. Hashtag hashtag things you wouldn't hear. Yeah. 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 The, oh, I insulted you last week. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, sorry. This could be bad. Unity. The importance of unity. Nice. That yeah. Nice. My wife said uh, right immediately after following, she says, this is such a great example of discipleship <laughs> and leadership. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it has, to, it has to be a sermon illustration at some point. Yeah, I could just think of, I'm glad I'm not in that role because there would be some disasters. A lot of responsibility. But there'd be some great YouTube videos. So I don't know, when I, when I don't get, and this is not our topic, why is the guy ahead of them 50 yards instead of behind them 50 yards? That's what I don't get. Is there sound? Yeah, they Maybe have microphones on. Right. How are you going to give them enough notice from behind to make them do oh, the I don't know. Well, that, that, then that's my, you're right. That's why, I'm, a lot not, of that's why I'm not there. doing it, I guess. Could have a whole podcast on that. I do have a story that I did knock over uh, one of my ski trips to Colorado. I was coming down the hill and there was a blind skier with a guide and I might have taken him out by accident because seriously seriously wow because of my own inability to ski correctly right Uh, i tried to stop failed took them all out so yes i took out the blind skier good job brandy thank you very much yeah so as we go to our topics today on unity you had four main areas well unity is not at all costs unity sometimes requires us to find common ground on secondary issues Unity requires a trust in those in charge of biblical decisions, and unity often requires that we agree to disagree. We thought the first two is where we'll spend some time today because it brought up some sure. excellent thoughts. Sure. So let's start with unity is not at all costs. I thought you had a great job dealing with the fact that, well, there's going to be times where you have to draw a hard line. Yep. And so some view the concept of negotiable, non-negotiable. In fact, right after the service, my wife asked me, hey, do you think I know what those non-negotiables are and how do I get better at that? So let's not necessarily get into a whole list, but if someone was sitting out there today and wanted to say, hey, I think I need to do better at that, what are some of the guides you'd point to and some of the steps they should take yeah. to try to get better? And maybe give us some examples of the non-negotiables. Right. Okay. So all that. Yeah. No, first off, I think that's the right question. Your wife is asking, do I know what those are? Because I think part of the point of maybe all the denominationalism we have, Mm. it really is in regards to the disagreement on what should be held on to and what shouldn't be. That's right. And and I, so I don't think that this is an easy conversation. I Mm -hmm. think maybe um, conservative and liberal is not, they're not good labels, but there's something in there. So you get the conservative would draw that circle very, very tight 
and perhaps a liberal uh, mentality would 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 draw it way wide. So I, it is really hard, and it, it, your denominationalism or the denomination will typically be the one that will work to define what those central issues are. Would you agree with that? I would agree, and that is where a lot of the fights came over. And I kind of want to step away from that. Not not that you're wrong; you're exactly right. But being a traditional right. non-denominational right. church, that's not something we're, we're totally have taught a lot about. But what I would point to people is let's start with, and I know this is on our website, we have papers, our statement of faith. Yep. Okay, Our statement of faith is probably a great place to start in terms of these great are the point. things that we feel high enough that we want to be out there publicly right. where we stand. Right. If it's not in our statement of faith, more than not, it's probably not a primary issue to us. Secondary, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And so you can look at, and I think we have bylaws and other things that you want to look into. Now, when you get into that concept, like how we run the church... Don't confuse that with a non-negotiable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those, those are preferences. Uh-huh. Right. Our statement of faith, I would say, would be a great place for some people to start. I think that's a great point. And, and the, the most primary of all of these conversations has to be, as I talked about, salvation. The, mm. the critical message that we are to have when, when Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, it puts us in the center. We have to be in agreement on what is the gospel, what is the gospel, and what does it mean so that we don't get that wrong. That's, that's the primary emphasis, the primary vision, the primary mission we've been given is to spread the gospel. So that, that really does. You can, you can label these things with a, a level of intricacy that I think would maybe complicate it, or you could go back to um, there's a simplicity to this gospel. There's a simplicity of Jesus was born of a virgin. That's an interesting one because I think there are some actually variances on people who, whether they think that's critical. I think it's one of the primary issues because the scripture said it was true. Mm. I think Jesus came, lived a perfect life. He died as a payment for the sins of the world, rose again to prove the fact that he was who he says he was and said to all, this is the, you know, the first John or, the, or John one twelve talks, talks about the idea of, all who would believe and receive receive and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. And, and there's, a, there's a simplicity to that as to all the inner workings and all the language and all the theology inside of that, that there's, a, there's a ways to describe that in a way. But I think that those are the core things. It's not obviously an exhaustive list. I, that's, I'm not trying to do that. But, but we have to know those things. And right. I think maybe even in, in the Christian circles now, there, you see even in the way books are being written now, there is a resurgence of the central centrality of the gospel you have um tim keller's written something matt chandler's written something all about the gospel and it being central we have to understand that and we can't move forward at all and i think if you tie it back to your denominational comment where denominations have erred in my belief and i came from a denominational background um and i'll just throw out a bunch of names it is not our perfect matthew Eighteen twenty-eight. The Great Commission is not go make more Baptists, go make more Methodists, go right. make more Presbyterians, go make more Catholics. The passage is go make more Christ followers. Right. And then afterwards, then let's talk about through the renewing of your mind, through Absolutely. true sanctification, then we'll talk about all these other issues. Yep. But at the end of the day, I don't need people, and this is where we've erred, I don't need people to agree with me on a list of every doctrine known to person before you come into fellowship with me. Right. I need you to agree of Christ crucified and risen as my Savior, yep. and then let's go have fellowship. And I think yep. you bring up a great point because it's, it's not that secondary issues are unimportant. 
important. Yes. That that would be a real big error if someone walked away from this saying we need to just let go of secondary issues. That's mm-hmm. not the point. Right. The point is that those we don't break fellowship of those things, which I think goes back to point four, is that we need to have the character in order to discuss those things so we can rightly understand each other and move forward. And Philip, as you bring up point four, you had a thought in terms of when you talk about requiring, you know, unity requires us that we agree to disagree. You had some thoughts about how you think that could actually play out practically and what someone's actually looking for when you're having a sharp disagreement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think... When I thought of unity and how to do that, I thought about understanding. Mm. Sometimes the biggest thing for unity involves understanding the other side, the other perspective on right. how they got to that perspective mm-hmm. or, or how they got to that and 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 result. And so once you understand that and ask questions to try to clarify, you might not walk away with an agreement, but you have an understanding of how they got there. And you don't need to necessarily come back through and have the exact same statement as they do or how they get, but you know, the perspective of how they got there. You have this unity of understanding and respect of a mutual respect that now you don't have to have the exact same thought and you can walk away with that knowing more about the person and them feeling respected in that process. I think it's well said, but it does require a level of character to be passionate about something and yet not, um, what would be a good word? Not explosive or angry or um, volatile in the midst of that's disagreement. Yep. I, that's really hard. Yep. Because we, you want to be passionate about things that you're passionate about, but but to add character to that is an absolute requirement for us to preserve the unity that I think Jesus would ask us to do. And well, I think the biggest thing that I've learned from that is that Greg Kokel book, Tactics. Nice. That was a wonderful book to help you have that mind. That's a great point. I had a guy come up to me afterwards here and he asked, would um, valuing unity over truth be an idol? And I thought, no, that's, that's interesting. And I think fine. Anything that we value more than Jesus, I think is probably considered an idol. But, but I also said we need to be careful that we don't draw this line. And then we're angry with people, meaning that Jesus said you will, uh, that, it's grace and truth. It's, it's this idea that I can stand firm on something, but I can do it in a loving way. Absolutely. And I think maybe I, I should have touched more on that in my sermon, that there is a way to disagree in a loving way. There's a way to do point one, that unity is not at all cost, but do it in a loving way. Well, think about some of our major relationships. Okay, so first thing, the marriage construct. Okay, this is, this is foundational to a marriage, right? Part of your... Unity, disunity is is dealing with this type of issue. Okay, you have two perspectives, two backgrounds, two people, two sinners who are grace-filled before God, you know, trying to live out life together. Part of that is just understanding, right? right? When you get into yes. some of those marriage disagreements, you strip everything away. I want you to understand where I'm coming from. And think of about a month ago where we had Brent talk about the racial unity, yep. same construct, yep. where I need to understand what a non-majority culture, non-majority race has to deal with on a daily basis, and it goes a long way toward pursuing a great true point. unity. Great point, yeah. So as we look at your second point, 
and this we'll spend a little bit of time on, unity sometimes requires us to find common ground and secondary issues. And so you had a great example, and I thought it was phenomenal. And you brought up your salt company background and what one of your friends was doing in terms of a hand gesture and showing <laughs> encouragement encouraged. to each other. Be encouraged. Middle finger that my friend would give people the middle finger and say, hey, be encouraged. I was trying. I was, I was wondering if you were going to actually do it for the stage. I didn't know if he was going to say Not going to lie to you. No. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. Um, but I was curious. <laughs> So think, take a step back. And, it, it, you know, that's a great example for a couple of reasons. One, it quickly shows the point you're making. Uh, and it's a little bit on the almost absurd side, totally. right? Because, kind of. <laughs> and, and so I think that's what's a great point. So let's take it a step back toward practical. As you look throughout our church, and we have traditions here. We're not a domination, right. but we have traditions. Do you think that we have any of those traditions where we push our freedom to do what we want? Yeah. At maybe the detriment of brothers and sisters in Christ who are not there yet on that issue or who are still growing in their faith, do you think we could fall in that trap? And if so, what are maybe some of those areas? Wow, that's a big question. I I, I said it in the sermon, but I think alcohol is one of those. I, mm. I, I think it's still a very volatile issue among our Christian culture, and I think there has to be a level of caution there. Um, I'm trying to think of other... I had a whole bunch of lists that I was going to go through to try to make a point, and I decided to go after the alcohol thing. Which I, don't I thought know. was a great point. I think it's I, very I think valid. It a good I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if this is related. We'll see if we can tie this in. I think music style... Uh, we typically are pretty passionate about the fact that we're a next generation emphasis church that is going to contextualize the gospel and contextualize worship in a way that we think is perhaps right as opposed to a secondary issue. The way we do our service, we're pretty passionate about. And I think we can, you know, I, and I, we, we, you can go to other churches and go, uh, that wasn't very good, or I didn't worship God there. I, I don't know. Mm. They're, they're, the ongoing worship wars would be a great example of a secondary issue mm-hmm. that has literally divided churches. Churches have come and they they do their their um, traditional service and their contemporary service, right. and, and there's a divide great there point. that happens. And it happens not just at a practical level, like that's just what that service does, but actually an emotional level. That there's a there's a a judgment that happens. There's a how can you dare worship God that way? How are you using drums? How are you using electric guitars? Why are you playing it so loud? And so I don't. Maybe I'm off the topic of the question, but no, that's that's perfect. I, I think passion in our style and in our strategy, so that when we see our style and people, other people doing other styles and other strategies in. In it's really the basics. It's the basis of it is pride. Mm-hmm. We think that we have a corner market on yeah. some particular way of doing things. I think shame on us if that's the way we we act. Would you put and maybe I'm too far here, so correct me if I'm wrong. Would you put dress and clothing into that same area oh. from this standard? One, we're in a fairly upper middle class, upper middle class community. Okay. If anyone comes into our service in either end, and I'm going to argue both ends of this, I'm going to say the person who doesn't have the best clothes on, and also as someone who came into this context, who went to church much more formally, suits, ties, dresses, I felt totally out of place and frankly was actually ridiculed sometimes because I was so out of place. Is that an example of this where, Mm. you know, some people have equated worship and your, your, honor of that as one of those issues. I think absolutely. It's a, it's a major secondary issue of, of style. 
And for some, for, for some of us, we walk into those environments or we have people walk in this environment and we look down upon them because we, Oh, mm-hmm. Oh, you grew up Lutheran mm-hmm. or, Oh, you grew up. And somehow we've equated some kind of value to that. And what we have done is, is, systematically we have created a divide we mm. have we have created because of our pride or mm-hmm. a perspective we have pushed a person out what whether we do it in actuality we have done it emotionally we've done it in our heads and we've created a distance between us and those people mm-hmm. walking in and i think jesus would look at that and say shame on you mm-hmm. that is not yeah you could do it with shorts you know yep. right someone who's wearing <laughs> cutoffs and is not even taking or is this not serious i mean this right this yeah. is the, this is this right. a place where god me. is here is right. disrespecting right so i think it's a great example of that well, one under, well done today sir appreciate it the great things to think about if you want to continue the conversation please contact us at keystone life dot com. Until next week, go in grace and peace.